Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to support and resource them towards growth in all areas of life, spiritual, personal and professional. We seek to do this through the Catholic Women's Masterclass, our Catholic coaching programs for women, as well as our online resources and products. If you are interested in finding out about any of these initiatives, please visit our website at www.geniusproject.co or come and follow us on Instagram, genius underscore project underscore daily or the Genius Project YouTube channel. Now we haven't had an episode for the last two weeks because unfortunately we got hacked here at the Genius Project, which was a great big pain in the backside. Maybe it's a sign we're doing something right, but it's meant that the whole Genius Project YouTube channel was taken down and I think a cryptocurrency man appeared in my place, very random. But that is all up and running and we're just in a process at the moment of reloading all of those videos. So if you choose to listen to the Genius podcast through YouTube, those will be up very shortly. Otherwise, they're still on the Apple and the Spotify playlists. On this week's episode of The Genius Podcast, I'm joined by the very wonderful Renee Doyle. We are not sisters, but we are sisters in the Lord, and we do share a kindred heart for all things relating to women, to leadership, to mindset coaching, and to women discovering their gifts, purpose, and mission. And that is what our conversation will revolve around today. If you're a woman who is in a season of overwhelm, you might feel that you don't know what you are called to contribute or what your unique gifts, purpose, and mission are at this moment in your life, can I invite you to take a look at the Catholic Women's Masterclass. In this masterclass, we go through a four-month journey of transformation where we really start to build in some rhythms of life that help us go from surviving our life to really thriving in our life as Catholic women. Our doors will be opening in just a couple of weeks for a new intake of the Catholic Women's Masterclass. So I really would love to encourage you to head on over to our website, www.geniusproject.co and check out the masterclass page. In today's podcast episode, Renee and I are going to dive deep into how we can discover our gifts in whatever season we find ourselves in and what actually happens when women are not living their gifts and not connecting with the desires and the purpose that is in their heart. Ladies, this episode is pure gold. So wherever you are, listen up, relax and enjoy this conversation with Renee Doyle. Well, Renee, welcome back to the Genius Podcast. It's so wonderful to have you joining me again. I think you were one of our first guests about three years ago when we launched, but lovely to have you joining us again. Yeah. Oh, Karen, it's always a pleasure when I get time to chat with you. And yeah, it's been beautiful. I I think I was one of the first guests and I've been following since then with some amazing conversations. So it's a joy to be back here. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Recently, you presented at the Sisterhood Conference and you presented a beautiful workshop and then a beautiful keynote talk around this area of women discovering their purpose and their unique gifts. And so that's where we're going to spend a little bit of time talking today. But before we jump in, I'm wondering if you can bring us up to speed on your life because so much has been happening over the last few years. (laughs) And I would love to just I guess, fill our listeners in on where you are now. Yeah, sure. Um, so I am, well, first and foremost, I'm still, I'm still, still like my husband and my four children. That has not changed. Um, That's a good thing. Yeah, I <laughs> know uh, it's great. It keeps me very busy, uh, very lively children um, all growing up now. And um, in in workspace, I work uh, part-time with Net Ministries. So I am the leadership development director there. So um, it's a beautiful joy of journeying alongside our young volunteers there. Um, Yeah, doing leadership development. And I also on the side... um, run a business as well, working with teams and leaders across the country, all different spheres, um, you know, in in corporate, in church and ministries, all different places, but basically with the heart of helping people discover their gifts, their unique talents and um, yeah, how they can put that to work and make an impact in the world and how can they can work together in teams. So um, that's kind of a a quick snapshot. (laughs) Yes. 
life at yeah. the moment. And, and you do so well at that, Renee. Like you just, it's what you're born to do. I often think when I see you speaking, I'm like, yes. Or when I see my husband speaking too, I'm like, this is what you're born to do. And living in, I guess we talk about the eye of a storm, but I like to talk about it, living in the heart of your gift. And mm-hmm. when we see someone, I think when we witness someone actually living and, and living out their gift in such a beautiful way, it brings others joy mm-hmm. and it sort of elevates their gaze towards heaven. I, I think that experience for me. I have that when I watch you speak and Jonathan and people who sing like Alyssa or Gary Pinto, you know, I just, ah, it just makes my heart sore when you watch people living in their gifts. But our gifts Mm. of women are so different, aren't they? And there's different seasons of life where those gifts are more prominent. Um, But we have to remember that we're all called to this life, I guess, of contribution and service with who we are, what we've been given regardless of our season. So this is sort of the direction I'd love to jump into. I love yeah, it. Yeah, because I, I think there's so many women who are listening who often I, I find in my master class that have become a little bit stuck in their life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that a lot. I think it's I think because there's a natural desire in each one of us, I think, to live with purpose. We all I think we know inside we've we've been gifted, you know, that God has a plan. We're not called in to just exist, you know, and just go through the motions of life. I think all of us long for that more and long to feel like you know, my my life matters and I want to make an impact. So um it can be really challenging when we feel like we're not in tune with that or we're not living that, you know. Yeah. And there's that sort of, we're out of alignment, aren't we? Like there's that sense, like you said, there's something that doesn't sit right. And and I think for so many women, I don't know whether this is your experience as well, working across all the different areas that you serve and minister in, but there's that sense that something's not quite right, as you put it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a clue, isn't it? To delve deeper. Definitely a clue. And one that I almost feel like these clues are so insightful if we're paying attention sometimes in the busyness of life, you know, we kind of feel that disconnect or feel like, oh, there's got to be more. I think these are some of the lines I hear like, oh, it's got to be more. I'm just, I don't feel like you said that lack of alignment and exactly what you're saying to, to kind of create space in our life, to follow those clues, to listen to, I like to think, you know, they're like promptings of the Holy Spirit of, um, maybe you should follow that clue and 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 dig deeper a little bit there of um yeah. what what's missing what what's the lack of alignment that you're experiencing you know? yeah yeah and you and I really share this heart don't we we say we share a surname <laughs> Renee and Karen Doyle so, and, and today we're both wearing green so we I think are, the Doyle yes. girls are in alignment today <laughs> we are it's great but I, I think I really I don't know there's something about sharing with you when we catch up on the phone that just brings my heart alive to someone who shares, I guess, a similar kind of language around this. And I'd love you to flesh this out from another perspective for the listeners, just around, I guess, passion and purpose and why it's important for us as human beings, but particularly women. Mm. Oh, I mean, it's, yes, you're right. I, feel, I love it too, Karen. And I think it's because often when I'm talking to you and we often have conversations around passion and purpose and and where is God leading you? And, and what's the biggest story that's happening right now? And as I was saying before, sometimes when we lose sight of that bigger story, we can kind of feel like life just gets limits to going through the daily motions. You know, I remember, I've you know, spending time, obviously I'm a mom and I spend time with a lot of other moms. And sometimes people can just feel like, I just feel like my life is drop off, pick up, take to sport, come home, repeat, you know, and it's, of course, we're going to be left with this feeling of, but, but surely there's more. And, and I think for me, that's true too. And I think it's important to start from my passion for this area was really born out of a lot of pain. It was, it was season. Yeah. It was a season in my life that I just felt like exactly that. I was just existing. (laughs) It was like I was really living. Nothing was bad. You know, nothing was externally. I had an amazing husband, beautiful son at the time and everything was good, so to speak in life. But I just felt that emptiness and it was just feeling that lack of what, what am I here for? You know, and, and what's, what's my purpose? And, um, and in the daily, I was missing that sense of, of a greater story of purpose as well. Um, and so it was quite a dark season for me that had me kind of, by the end of it, it was, it was a long time. It was, I'd say it was about two years. I was just kind wow. of in that space. And by the end, I was like, enough's enough. And I got hungry. I just, it was actually through prayer. You know, I just got hungry. I'm like, I, I want more, Lord. I know that there's more, you know. Um, 
And and through that experience, I just started, you know, I was actually reading The Purpose Driven Life. I think I shared that with you uh, last time. Purpose Driven Life at the time of just um, one of the first lines is it's not about you, you know, and I think I was so focused on how do I fill up my own life that it was almost all consuming of me and I had lost sight of how I can be a gift to the people around me. And in that strange, what I like to think of the great paradox of the gospel, that as we give our life away, we find life. And Mm -hmm. it really flipped my view on purpose, you know, of we've each been gifted, you know, God has, he didn't just kind of create us and say, good luck. Like we've been gifted with the purpose that he's created us for. And so it makes sense to come back to him and to start with prayer, you know, and go, how, how can I, sometimes the question, what is my purpose can can be a bit too much, you know, it can yes. be almost paralyzing because it's like, it's it's as if to say there's some random thing out there that is not, not connected to the life you're living today and you've got to find it somewhere out there. Okay. As opposed to, I think one of the best questions for me is how can I live my purpose today? How mm. how can I use my gifts today? And, and you start to find new ways of, of pouring into, you know, how can I use my gifts today? And even if you find little moments, it just starts to fuel little bits of purpose. And, um, you know, a, a, a random story, it's coming to mind. Sorry, this is a long, a long it's good. It's so good. <laughs> Keep going. I remember being um, in for a minor surgery a couple of years ago and I was, I was feeling pretty, I mean, expectedly, I was not feeling good. I was in pain. I was feeling pretty sorry for myself. I was desperately missing my kids. Um, and I was waiting for the surgery. They kept moving it. And I'm in that moment. And just at the height of my frustration, just, just, (laughs) just like, Oh, what am I doing? And I just had that little prompt of where could I find purpose in this moment? And I, I know this random guy walked in, he was a volunteer. And I just thought, I'm just, I'm just gonna, you know, I love hearing what people's gifts are. I love hearing what they're doing. I'm just gonna ask him. <laughs> he was so random. What did um, you ask him? In the, well, he, I said, what, you know, he was trying to look for a conversation. I said, what, what do you do here? And he's like, oh, I'm a volunteer. It's my first day. Uh, to be honest, I feel kind of awkward. I'm not really sure what to oh. ask people. And so we just started talking about, well, how do you strike up conversation? What are your gifts? What do you feel oh. comfortable talking about him? And it was just, it took, it just made me feel alive again. And I was like, okay, life's bigger than just this yes. moment where I'm at, you know? And I think that's what purpose does. It kind of transcends the everyday of, yes, we still have things we got to do. Not every moment's going to be incredible. But if we've got that mind of purpose and the biggest story behind us, then we look for these little moments where we can add our gifts. We look for these moments where we can see something that's very normal, um, but it transcends when you put purpose behind it of, my my purpose in this moment is to be present with this person to help them feel like they've got the courage to do the next thing. What a gift! It just it changes things, and I think that's what that's what our knowledge of our our passions and our purpose and and where we're going kind of fuel that fire to life. You know, it's if for me it was the scripture that kind of ended that season for me was it was John ten ten was life to the full, uh-huh. and it was kind of this deep. It really resonated deeply of oh, so that's not what she, Jesus doesn't want us to just survive. He doesn't want us to just go through the motions. He wants life and life abundant for us, you know? So um, that's beautiful. I think that that knowledge and tapping into um, what is my purpose today? What are my gifts today? How can I bring that to play? It gives us hope. It it helps find um, greater meaning, I think, in the everyday. Um, Absolutely. I love that, Renee. That's a very beautiful story. I think just showing up and sort of walking into any room or any situation, that question mm. of how can I be a blessing yeah, yeah, rather than what can I get? Because mm. it's that scarcity abundant mindset. It's that difference between the outward focus. And, and yes, I do think there's a fine line. We do need to learn how to fill our cups as women because I think absolutely yes. so much of the time we're perpetually giving and pumping out for everybody, yes. but we're not restoring ourselves. So yeah. we need to do that. But what you're talking about is different. It's like when you show up, what is my purpose? Mm. And I think that mindset shift from what can I gain to what can I give is incredibly important. So for the mum at home in the rush of the drop-offs and the cooking and the washing, how can I show up? How can I be a blessing to these people in my home, in my sphere of influence today? I think that is so powerful. And one other thing I'd love to pick up on is you actually encountered that shift when the pain became too great. And I think that's something 
is really important to highlight because sometimes people don't move into, I guess, transformation or I guess skilling up to move into a different season or stepping out with the courage to pursue a dream because they have this mindset, it's going to be too hard. Like my life is hard. It's too hard, but it's hard to stay where you are too. And a question that I like to pose to women is which hard are you going to choose? (laughs) Like it's hard to sit on the couch and eat and get fat. It's also hard to get up every day and exercise. So which hard? And what you tap into here is the pain points. Like sometimes we have to get to a point in our life where the pain and the discomfort of how we're living or who we've become becomes so great that we say enough, which is what you did. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's true to, and it's important to acknowledge it's it's not easy. I, I think I think one of the best things we can do, um, you know, considering, you know, a lot of your um you're talking to women, one of the best things we can do as women is encourage other women because it's not easy to change and to adapt and to step out in courage. Like one thing you were um just saying then, I think sometimes our our limiting beliefs can be some of the biggest obstacles to us living our purpose because often we cut the story before we even try. It's like yes. I'd love to, I'd love to write a book, but no one would read it. It probably wouldn't be good anyway. And and then the idea is gone, you know. Or I'd I'd, I'd love to reconnect with this friend. Maybe someone's. It can be small. You know? I'd love to reconnect with this friend, but uh, they probably wouldn't probably wouldn't want to. So I just uh, I just you know it's too hard. And I think sometimes we can hold ourselves back from stepping into greater sense of purpose as well from those beliefs before we even get started so encouragement is really important to kind of help lift each other into that you know yes yeah so you're talking about like how we can come alongside other women Mm. and encourage them but you've picked up on I guess these limiting beliefs so share with us I mean you and I do a lot in this mindset coaching space but what are some of the ways in which women can start to overcome some of those limiting beliefs that are holding them back that are sort of, I guess, fear keeps them captive or contained. What are some of the other limiting beliefs and how can they kind of do some work there at home? Yeah. You know, Karen, honestly, one of the most common experience I have, and I'm not immune to this. Like I, I always feel the either (laughs) when I say, when I'm having these conversations, I'm always talking to myself first because we all need it. No, it's not like some of us are just immune and live perfectly in our purpose. It's no. it's the challenge, but it's the challenge that brings the joy as well, you know. Um, but I think what's really important as a, a first point is is our narrative around our purpose, because I think sometimes even the story that we tell ourselves is really important. Like, you know, for example, if you are in a season where you're home with young children, this this was my story at that point. Um, we can be like, oh, I'm not doing anything. I'm just at home. I'm not out there kind of, you know, I'm not I'm making it to mom. I'm just I, a mom. I hate and that. It's like, that is, you know, hopefully you, no friend would say that to you. Like, can you imagine if someone said to you, you're just a mom, you don't really do anything. You're just sitting there. You're not really making an impact. It's like, no, if a friend would say that, I'd highly question your relationship with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Like, um, no. And so we have to be kind to ourselves in this as well of going, what's the narrative? And because it can change the way we see everything, you know, it's like, actually today, I, I, I am, can't really get out there and, and do all the things that maybe I'd like to do. It's okay to be honest, but this is, I am pouring into this beautiful little life today and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to love and feed and encourage and, and build into this little life. And that's the way we speak about what we're doing, you know? Um, and, and it doesn't mean that there can't be other things happening at the same time, you know, like, absolutely. I think one thing that's really important is thinking about, you know, who are the people that have impacted you? Mm. And if I, Often it's like this person encouraged me. This person believed in me. This person listened to me when I was at my lowest. They're not hard things to do, you know. They don't. They are gifts, you know. Some people are incredible at listening. Some people have the ability to speak truth in the most beautiful way, and some people can gift you with courage, and and you feel like you can just take the next step. Like these are incredible gifts unleashed in the everyday that. You could be at home and and just send a text to someone. You could make a phone call. You know, these are kind of these things that even whilst you're in seasons that um, 
you know, you might feel like it's really hard and, and it's it's a lot, that there are still little things that can keep fueling that fire of what you feel called to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to say, you are so good at that. There's so many times you have this uncanny way of sending a beautiful text of encouragement at precisely the right moment. <laughs> so that's the Holy Spirit. But I, I love how you respond and you listen and the blessing on the other side of that is, is there's been a gift in my life. And I know there's lots of people who've received that as well, Renee. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I think that's, thank you. I mean, thank you. But I think that's a beautiful example because there are often times where I'm sending this going, this person's probably like over my text, you no, know, like, never, you, ever, you know? Ever. <laughs> but, but that again, that's can be the narrative, the narrative that holds us back. And it's like, I'm not sending that that's dumb. They're going to be like, can she just let it go for today? You know, like it sounds ridiculous when we say that, but um, I think that's the encouragement of the narrative of like, you know what? It's not up to us how it's received. It's up to us that we follow those little promptings that we're talking about 100%. respond and, and that we keep that narrative of what's my purpose today, positive in our minds as well whatever the little bit I can do then hey that's that's what I do today and and that's a gift that's beautiful yeah it's so true and I love this conversation because I think my experience is a lot of women seem to get lost in their season so whether Mm. that is the season of uni and overwhelm whether that's a season of early motherhood or empty nest or then trying to go back to work while raising children like there's all these different seasons and if we're not careful we we can get lost in our season and we miss those invitations. And I think one of the ways that we respond to the invitation and, and one of the ways we can bring that alignment back and discover our purpose is to really get in touch with the desires of our heart. Mm-hmm. And I think life happens and, and the older we get and the more things we have to juggle, I mean, inevitably we encounter grief and trauma or disappointment, loss, difficult relationships, like all of that is just part of the journey of life. And it has a, if we're not careful, it has the capacity to drive those desires underground. Mm-hmm. And those desires in our heart can die off because of the challenges and the demands of life. But I guess we're talking about growth, like our, our whole life is this evolution of growing into and moving into the fullness of who God's created us to be. So we really need to have this openness to what are the desires? Where is God calling me to grow? Mm-hmm. What is he calling me to in this season of my life? And love to talk around this, I guess, this area of desire, because mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, you may have experienced this too, but many years ago, you know, we had three kids under three and life became all of a sudden very serious. Yeah. <laughs> and and those desires were just, I'm like, then it's a narrative again, not for this season. And I made this choice not to speak because I thought that's what I should do because I should be at home. And primarily I was home with my kids when they were little full time. Um, but there was this idea of what I should be doing. But really mm. there was still this deep desire to be serving women that never went away. And I had to learn how to, I guess, use that desire, how the Lord was calling me to use that desire in, a, in different seasons. So mm-hmm. can you talk into this idea of the desires of our heart? Because I think for so many women, these desires get killed off. They mm-hmm. die through mm-hmm. disappointment. Yeah. And I think part of I guess, discovering our purpose is reconnecting with those desires. Can you talk into, I guess, that word desire? It's a beautiful word. I love it. (laughs) I love it because I feel like it's the core of people. It's so sacred, you know, and and that's, I have to say, it's part of the work that I love the most is just hearing the desires of people's heart. I think the other thing is sometimes we're afraid of the desires. Like we feel like, well, if I like it, maybe it's not what I should do. And it's like, well, who do you think put those desires there? you know it's um so I think desire is really important to keep cultivating um it's kind of like that little flame like with each it's so unique in each person um and it's like the flame you got to keep it alive I would say you keep keep firing it but like you said Karen it does require discernment because you know we've we're trying to honor our seasons we're trying to honor um our vocation and the things that are you know calling at us whilst still honoring those desires in our heart. So I think it does require discernment in each season as well. Some things as well, sometimes I can, I'm a dreamer naturally. I'm generally a big dreamer and there's definitely been seasons where I I might have this big dream, but I know it's, it's not the timing. I know it's, you know, it's not where my kids are at. It's not where my husband, whatever it might be. Um, and so I think some of the things I try and do when I say stoking the fire, keeping it alive is, are there bite-sized pieces? Are there ways I can still honor that? Are there still smaller ways I can maybe still live it out while not losing, um, not losing that desire? One 
big thing that um, I think in in keeping that alive is I am a big fan of journaling. And I often take moments, like I think I shared about this at the conference. I often take moments where I I do what I, I just call dreaming with God. And it's it's almost like prayer. It's like a prayer time, but I'm just writing down the dreams that are on my heart and almost just placing them before him, you know, of here's here's what I'm experiencing. Here are the dreams on my heart. Um, help me to know how to best live these, when to, that's the discernment piece, you know, Um, because we don't want to lose them because there are times when I feel really disconnected from them. And one of the best things I love to do in those times is I come back and I read those moments. I read what I journaled in those moments where it was alive and well, And I, I can almost feel that flame flicker. I'm like, oh no, it's still there. I still love that. I still, still, yeah, that's right. I want to live that, you know? So I think there's power in journaling because it's a way of honoring the everyday, but not losing sight of those, those big dreams, um, keeping that desire alive, because I think that desire gives us hope. You know, when we, you know, Karen, you're saying before, when, when you see people step out into their gifts, I love that too, you know, and everyone's got it. It doesn't matter how big or how small, you know, I, I was with a friend the other day and I just had to smile. She, it doesn't matter where you go with her. She will notice people on the peripheral. Like she will just see them. She has an eye for them and she'll be gone and she will be talking to them and she will be drawing them in. And I, I often makes me want to cry. Like it's, it's so simple. You know, when you think of what's your gift, you don't necessarily think of you have an ability to draw people in. It's an incredible gift and it impacts deeply, you know, but just, just seeing that alive in her, I was so, yeah, like just, just moved by that and going, I love watching people do what they're called to do, what God has gifted them to do. And it's beautiful when you watch them pouring it out into the world, it brings life. So it's our gifts bring life to other people, but they also bring us life, you know, and that desire it brings us life when we step into that, when we do the things, when we are alive, when we do the things we do feel stirring, a kind of simmering or bubbling in our hearts. And, and we kind of step into that. There is a life. And I think it's that, um, you know, that saying like God is glorified when man is fully alive. There's something yes. so beautiful about that. And and so I think it's really important not not to lose that fire. Um yeah, and and it is intentional, isn't it? We have to work at not letting the everyday just rob that from rob us. That. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that St. Irenaeus, you know, we're yes. called to, um, that the glory of God is man and woman fully alive. Yeah. And the other one, the other scripture I love is um, from Ephesians that we are actually called to exist for the praise of his glory. So when you and I are talking about witnessing someone living in their gift, like we're actually glorifying, that person's glorifying God and calling us into, I guess, an adoration of him mm. through that gift. And yeah. and so we all have an obligation to really fan the flame yeah. of our own gifts. Yeah. And, and I think what you picked up on there is really important that even in a season, say, of motherhood, trying to discover what brings you joy, what brings you hope, what is it that keeps you moving forward, um, that, you know, growth is so important because if we're not growing in life, we're dying. Mm-hmm. So we, we want to be growing because that's what gives us that sense of purpose but sometimes we can't actually step out and see the fullness of that dream in that season. Yeah. So one thing that came to mind was this quote, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but many years ago when we lived in Cairns, I did not like public speaking at all. And and I was, I was sort of an oncology palliative care nurse and then pushed into this role of director of this student health clinic in the boarding school. And in that season, I had this real call on my heart to work with women, but I didn't know what it was, what it looked like. I didn't even believe that I had gifts in terms of speaking or contributing to women's lives. So Jonathan gave me a quote on a post-it note from Abraham Lincoln, and it said, I will study and prepare myself and perhaps my time will come. So there's seasons, even though we might not be able to step out and see that full dream, there's the work and the discipline of preparing for, I guess, the fulfillment of the desire and the dream. Yeah, that's beautiful. And and I think it's really important because our it's that keeping that growth mindset on our gifts, you know, it's, it's, it's very scriptural, you know, it's like, we weren't given our gifts to just hold on to it and just go, I have this gift. You know, I, I work in, in the area of helping people discover what their strengths are. But one of the hardest things for me is when people are like, Oh yeah, I did that. And I discovered my strengths. I'm like, and, and what, what have you done? And what did you do with how, them? <laughs> how do you use them? You know, because it's like, it's not enough to just know, they don't come alive until they're given away, you know? And so 
I absolutely, the more that we can kind of use and study and not just necessarily in our gifts, but yeah, purpose and, and calling the areas that you feel called into, like that's beautiful. It's, it, it is beautiful in the, in the quieter seasons of life to, to keep, yeah, studying, investing, growing, you know? Yes. And those desires really form the seeds of personal vocation. So we have, Edith Stein talks about the three layers of vocation. We all have a universal vocation. This, all of us share the vocation to love as God loves. And then there's the primary vocation, which is how we live that universal call out. So that's either through religious life, single life, or married life. And then we have this idea of personal vocation, secondary vocation, which is every single person has a unique and an irreplaceable role and a contribution to make. So I think it's very important to remind women that every single one of you has a unique and an unrepeatable mission and contribution in every single season of life. So I, I think that we really need to be reminded of that. Mm-hmm. And and when we actually start to step into that, embrace that, we feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And, and that, like you said, I love that word fuel. It fuels more of that. Where can I look for ways to show up and serve and contribute where I'm planted? Mm-hmm. And my good friend, January Donovan, she talks about unfulfilled women become toxic to their community. And I think it's so true. Like, when people are unfulfilled, they sort of look for others to validate them or they have to bring other people down in order to justify how they're feeling or their lack of motivation or action. Mm-hmm. And so I think this idea of fulfillment is is so important. Like what is it that fills your spirit? What if it, What is it that fills your soul? Like what makes you feel alive? And I came across this book many years ago because I love to paint and to draw and I haven't done that in a bazillion years. I do graphic design now. So that's where, where that's channeled. You went so well, Karen. Oh. So well. Well, thanks. But it's um it's funny how like that just I could just spend hours doing design work and mm. I love art. But I noticed that I was doing, you know, you get so locked into productivity and work. This year I made my year, my word for the year this year is health and and mm. wholeness. And so I set aside one day a month where I just set aside the first three hours of the day and I have what is called an artist date. So it's it's this artist said that everyone should have these artist dates with themselves where you go away and whatever it is, whether it's walking around the lake or going to an art gallery or cooking or something that just c- brings you back to connect you with, I guess, your own soul mm-hmm. so that you can encounter the desires and the dreams in your heart. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I love that idea of having a create or an artist date because for me that's been just such a gift this year is just having knowing that once a month there's these three hours on the first day of every month that I'm going to go somewhere in an environment and atmosphere that just helps reignite those passions in my soul mm. so I, I think that's a really beautiful thing to do that even if you're not an beautiful. artist <laughs> yeah I love that Karen I love that it's so beautiful and it just strikes me again of it it's it, sometimes it's it's almost frustrating that it doesn't just happen on its own that we do have to carve out these times we do have to be intentional about it um but but how beautiful that you've built that rhythm in your life and I'm sure it brings you well you can hear it in your voice it brings life and joy and it's worth fighting for. Yeah. Yeah. Even in the midst, because my life is full. It's so busy. <laughs> so if you don't make, like, we have to make time for that, which is important. It's like prayer. Yeah. We have to be really intentional about scheduling these times for mm-hmm. quality relationships and prayer and connecting mm-hmm. with ourselves and, and feeding into ourselves. It's just so important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But, so um, Renee, talk to me a little bit about, just very briefly, because I know on one of the first podcasts, we looked at um, the Clifton strengths, the clues mm-hmm. to talent, but mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you can just run through very quickly some mm-hmm. of those sort of ideas or insights into how women can, I guess, start to tap into or discover their gifts for women mm-hmm. that might think, I just don't even know what they are anymore. Yeah. What are some of the questions that might kickstart this thought process for them? Yeah, um, great question. I feel like just before I start, I just want to, you know, tap back into what you were saying before about every person has gifts. No one was exempt <laughs> from being gifted by God. And I think that's that's the important starting point here is everyone is irreplaceable. And it, it, for me, it's also that sense of if we don't offer the gifts around us, 
then the world around us misses out, you know, Absolutely. that there's, there's a, there is a responsibility that's very scriptural too. You know, like we're called um, in many times in scripture, we're exhorted, whatever you've got, use it, whatever the gift is, use it, you know, um, because the world needs it. The, the body of Christ needs it. We need it to, to build up the kingdom. Um, the people around you need it. So I say that as an encouragement before you get started, because um it's there. Sometimes some of the, the the worst feelings for people can be, and I've lived that myself, is I don't feel like I've got anything um, to give. And, and that's why I want to start there. Every person is uniquely, um, and never before and never again will someone be gifted in the same way you are, which even, um, it's even more of an encouragement to stand out and to use that. So I think the first thing I always say is obviously is prayer, you know, um, I think it's, it's a beautiful journey to go on, Karen, like you're saying, um, carving out time and and creating space for prayer and and praying that that you know God would reveal what what are my gifts how do you want me to use that um so there's a good foundation but asking yourself some really key questions I will reference you could probably just go back to we find out what the first uh, podcast the first podcast because we go into it in detail um yes. but that is we talk it about the five clues to talent um which is is the yearning like what are you naturally drawn to um rapid learning what do you pick up? You know, I say to people, what do you, you know, sometimes it used to be books. So I, I am a big book reader. So if you looked at my bookcase, it would reflect a lot of the work that I do, you know, yes. um, because I, it's, yeah, it's a lot about, um, you know, passion and purpose and gifting and um, leading and all of that kind of stuff. But, but what we naturally want to learn more about that curiosity, what are you curious about? Where, um, or where do you pick things up naturally? That's kind of that um, rapid learning space. Flow. This is a really key. Like, what are you doing when time just passes? You know, it doesn't matter. Don't put rules on it either. Don't go, well, that's not a job or that's not a, just discover, just, just be curious and see what comes up. So what are you doing when time just, just passes you by? I love to tell Definitely a story. Definitely not cooking for me. <laughs> Not me either. Actually, I, I have a good friend that I work with and and she's often like, she'll say, oh, I was up doing pottery till 2 a.m. And I was like, oh. he, how do you stay up that late? She's like, I just don't even notice the time. I just, yeah. the hours go. And I'm like, it's a perfect example of just, she's yeah. in flow. You know, everything's um, glimpses of excellence. What are you good at? You know, it, th- that's generally a good clue to something that, um, what are, you know, I say on that, what do people ask for your help for? What do people randomly call you for or ask your advice on? They're usually good clues that it's something that you're naturally interested in or have um, talent in as well. Um, so good. It, someone yeah. um, in the US, I can't remember the author's name, but they talked about teasing out people's achievement stories. And so if people don't know, it's sitting down and, and the question is, what did you do recently where you did it really well and it brought you satisfaction, fulfillment and joy? Mm, and yeah. it's great, like really teasing out people's achievement stories. And, and they started to use this model in job interviews. Mm. They started asking a person, a candidate, what was their achievement story? Because it was in that reflection, they could see their face come alive when they talked about certain things. So they knew then where to place them or where they'd be most suited in the team that's a fantastic way to look at this and I'm doing working through that process with my teen kids at the moment looking at Mm. their electives what they're going to study it's sort of like what brings you joy like what are you really good at and let's do some strengths assessments yeah Yeah. before you hit year 10 11 and 12 so that you you're sort of going in the right direction yeah I, I think it's, it's yeah, all of that, it's great. And I, th- I think they're almost like, again, you're just gathering the little clues. They're almost like little breadcrumbs. I think often when people who might be aware of of their overall kind of like, this is my purpose in life, I'm doing what I'm called to do. Um, often it comes from hindsight of reflecting back of the things that you've been doing, the things you're drawn to, um, rather than trying to look ahead and figure it out. You know, it's it kind of, you start to see patterns, patterns will emerge because you are going to find a, a general area of um, interest and gifting, but yes. And satisfaction. That's another key thing. What, what do I do when I love it? I want to do it again, or I'd love to spend more time there. Your childhood can often be really yes. looking back to the things that you were interested in, the things you were good at. Um, what did you do when you were a kid? Can you see those patterns as you look back on your own life? Look, I can. And I. it was hard for me to find because, you know, I had a very unique, but my parents ran a, a youth ministry my whole life 
growing up. But I would be fascinated with each individual and, and the teams and I'd watch them in teams and I'd be fascinated with what makes someone a leader and what are their natural kind of qualities. And, and I'd, I'd have all these notes actually as a child. Really? As a young like, child? Yes, as a child. Wow. It's bizarre. So, there you, go. <laughs> but, you know, my mom would always be like, you'd always be there wondering who was leading what, who was doing what, why did you choose them? What was it about them? And just, I've always been fascinated with, um, I guess, what what's unique yeah. about each person what motivates each person what mm-hmm. you know it's just what are they doing when they're at their best like what what's that where's that life for them so in that particular area yeah yeah fantastic yeah, yeah. <laughs> how about you Karen well I think I've told you this before it's so funny I used to organize all my cousins doing a Christmas concert or I'd get everyone in the neighborhood to create a newspaper or do a radio station awesome. or something <laughs> And it's hilarious that I actually went into nursing because like it was so different and I'd always be drawing and always creating and Mm. that sort of thing. And I think I went to a private girls school until year 10 and then a government college for 11 and 12. And in my first year at the government college, the art teacher, because I'd signed up to do art, he was a real sleaze and and was Mm. really inappropriate with the relationships but I was so naive I didn't quite understand the dynamics of those relationships so I switched into biology Mm -hmm. and that's where my path that sliding doors moment I went into nursing which I loved because when I did Clifton Strengths like one of my core strengths is around that pastoral care area Mm -hmm. as well as Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship visionary leader but yeah so it's interesting how life sort of brings you back on these paths It does. And I think sometimes, like you're saying, when we've been so disconnected, it's sometimes good to just go, what? Yeah. When I can remember loving something, what was that? You know? Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. What and I think you joy as a child. Yeah. Yeah. And and just just again, being curious. It doesn't have to equal anything. It doesn't have to become an outcome. It's get curious about inside. Like often we can think when we talk about purpose, it's out there somewhere, but often it it's in here. And we just gotta dig a bit deeper and and go, what, what, where do, what do I feel drawn to? Sometimes this is a different angle. Sometimes purpose feels from something you can't stand. You know, it's an injustice or, you know, you hate seeing this and you're like, I don't like people suffering in this way. I think of mother Teresa. She just, you know, it was just, she, she didn't want to see the kids. She just picked up one child at a time, you know, just, just pick them. You know, it's like, it's responding to that prompting, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't, Yes, it had a massive impact. She had a massive impact, but it doesn't need to be that. It's yeah. just you start responding in small ways to the things that you're like, ah, oh, I, I don't, not on my watch, you know. I think of people, some real activist people that I know that are really passionate about different things, and and that's their fuel. It's almost like a, a discontent that they can't stand. Yeah. So paying attention is is really important. It's it's like you say, it's not just feeling these things and kind of letting it go, but going, okay, get curious about it. Um, friends and family. So obviously assessments, like you talk, I, I obviously am trained in Clifton Strengths. I think it's very clear. I like their language, but anything that kind of helps you reflect back. Because um, I think for me, even in times where I'm like, oh, I don't feel, I don't really feel like I got much. I can read that over. I can read the report and it does resonate. I'm like, okay, well, how could I use that today? You know, it can be one of those um you know, keeping that fire alive kind of tools as well. Um, but friends and family, ask them. They ask them what they see in you because they're often way more insightful than we're aware of. I, I find it really fascinating when people kind of <laughs> reflect back. And uh, I, on again, I'm I love particularly women encouraging women in this area because it's it's not easy. And I think it's so beautiful when we can champion each other. And I have friends that I can sit down and be like, I feel a bit lost. Speak truth to me. (laughs) Um, What do you see? Help me, you know, and, and it's, it's priceless. It's, it's beautiful. Um, So don't be afraid to ask. And, and, and it's almost more of a process rather than, you know, discover gifts in an instant. Go give yourself a bit of time and pay attention. Journal, you know? Yeah. Journaling is a great one. And I, Absolutely. And I think also just that question of how am I being called to contribute? Mm. Like, I think that's a really important question. Slowing down just in prayer, like God speaks in silence. He doesn't speak in the hustle. So we need to carve out that time, space and solitude to really, I guess, connect with the gift of the present moment. And and those small moments are actually quite sacred. And then the other thing I'd say is sometimes we need to, once we've identified, I guess, 
maybe what our gifts are or maybe where we're feeling called, we might need to learn a new skill. So mm. signing up. So I, I mean, many years ago, I ended up like 20 something years ago, signed up and did a Toastmasters course. It was pure torture. Like it was just awful. But John was <laughs> like, well, if you're going to need to speak, you need to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I did. But it's like, so it might be hard, but what are the steps that you can take today to, I guess, learn some new skills? Because um, when we gain confidence, it builds our competence. And when we become more competent, it builds our confidence. And so then that allows us to take then the next step. And I'm a really big one for this active discernment. Don't just, some people are perpetual discerners where they're waiting for like God to drop from heaven and say, this is what you do. He doesn't work like that. He, that beautiful quote, St. Augustine, you know, he who created you without your cooperation, he won't save you without your cooperation. And St. Joan of Arc, act and God will act. And we are actually called to co-create our lives with the Lord. Like there's a mandate on us to co-create our life. So sitting back passively on the sidelines of our own life, no wonder people are like feeling overwhelmed and unfulfilled and lost because that's not what we're actually created for. We're actually created to step into the arena of our life with all its complexity Mm -hmm. and to then co-create and create something really beautiful with our life. That might be building a beautiful home for your children and husband to, to nurture them. It might be out on a stage or a public forum, but Wherever we are, we are called to that co-creation. Can you speak a little bit into, I guess, that narrative there? Amen. I think it's really important. It's funny when you talk about, obviously, I have mentioned a couple of times, I have children who are very into their sports, so I spend a lot of time on the sidelines. So when you talk about sitting on the sidelines, it's funny that the image that came to mind was when maybe um, there's been a lot of sickness and injury on both my boys uh, soccer teams lately but it's it's I find uh, my eyes are drawn I'm I'm kind of watching them on the sidelines and especially if the game goes down it's like, oh, they're just they're just everything in their body is like let yes. me on the field <laughs> it, it's so hard it's so hard when you know you have something to contribute to that game and you're on the sidelines and then they're like not barely sitting they're up and, oh, and it's like <laughs> I think that's how we feel inside it's like yeah. I know I've got something in here I want to get in the game. I'm done with the sidelines, you know, and there's almost that anticipation that can be frustrating if we don't put ourselves out there. And And I think it, absolutely. And I think another, like there's two sides of that coin. The other side is I live in Canberra and it can be known to go down to minus eight. And for some unknown reason on God's earth, we still do sport in the middle of winter. So we have netball and two soccer games every Saturday, 8.30 to 5 p.m. And it is freezing. So my experience standing on the sidelines, sometimes I love my kids and I love watching them play sport, is when will this be over? Yeah. And that's another narrative that we can have. We are on the same, we might be like you said, like wanting to get into it, Mm. but then it can all seem a bit hard and a bit uncomfortable. And we're like, when is this done? When is this life over? And I think that's really like that attitude can really lead to the death of our souls. So it's it's kind of like, how can I get on that field? How can I get on that field and get in the game? And I I really like what you say. I'm often quoted as saying just bite-sized pieces. Like it's, I think sometimes if we try and do too much too soon, you know, it's like it, it, it can be overwhelming and it's like, just get your feet wet. You know, I had a friend say to me, I just dream of preaching to thousands. And I'm like, start with a Bible study in your living room. Yes, you know, yes. just start with sharing the gospel with who listen and start there and, and let it grow. Let it develop. Like you're saying, like build your skills, build. Yes. And, and you may not have where you want to be right now, but, but take that same desire and let it have a little bit of life and just, just start in baby steps and, um, again, so you're not looking from afar, you're, you're, you're trying it out a little bit, but, but in, in small ways, you know, it's like, because as you say, sometimes we can want to have it all figured out before we're willing to get out there. And often it's, it's in trying and, and you might think you're really, <laughs> there's certainly been times where I've, I thought I've been called to something and I try it and I'm like, no, maybe no, not, <laughs> for sure. but I'm, I don't regret it. I'm, I'm really glad because it led to something else, you know, right. and like, oh, through doing that or you're not really sure how you'll be led to the next thing, you know, but 
But you have um, to take the action to you find have out. to take the action, so, even if it's, as I say, even if it's just small, um, just just take the small steps and, and they'll kind of, the steps kind of lead you along the way, you know, and as you take that step, it can lead to do. the more, but, um, but we don't get all the answers straight away. You know, it's like, we just kind of have to take the next step. And so I think that's really important what you're saying of j- just give, give it a go and, and, and do that active discernment and, and try the things out that you feel like are on your heart, that you feel like you're being called to, or you're like, oh, I've always yeah. wondered that give it a go in, in some way, you know, send the email, <laughs> write the text, put yourself out there, um, have the conversation, take the course. I don't know what it is, but, but do something that kind of makes you feel like I'm just, just starting on my way. And that's, that's a beautiful place to be. We don't have to be, sometimes we expect ourselves to be the professional, you know, yes. or, or at the top of our game. It's, it's unrealistic expectations Completely. when we're just starting out, you know? Yes. And I think those unrealistic um, demands and expectations just make us feel more overwhelmed, which then that fuels inaction when we're overwhelmed. Yes, yes. So yeah. I or think one of the... helps us kind of feel like I can't do this. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like, oh, maybe I can't do this. And then that we shut it down altogether, you know, yes. rather just so we just got to keep taking small steps. So for everybody listening, whether it's in your phone or in your journal right now, I just want women to write down maybe one thing that they can do today to move them forward. Because we talking business about moving the needle forward, like every single day, we need to be moving the needle forward in our lives because we're created for growth. We're on a journey towards heaven. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be cooperating with God in that. Yeah, Amen. Thank you so much, Renee. It's so beautiful talking to you. And I wish I was up in Queensland because it's much warmer. (laughs) What's the temperature there today? I actually don't know, but it it feels quite nice today. I'll be modest about it. It feels quite nice today. So (laughs) So cold. Always a joy. Always life-giving talking to you, Karen. So Thanks so much, Renee. Well, ladies, I really hope and pray that that conversation was a blessing to you. As I said at the end of my conversation with Renee, I want you to take a mental note or even write down right now just one step that you are going to take this week to move the needle forward in your life. Whether that's having a create date where you really reconnect with the desires of your heart or whether you actually pick up the phone or send an email to sign up for a course or to take some action to develop a new skill that would help you move into your irreplaceable role and unique purpose and mission. It is so important for us as women to be taking steps every single day that move us forward. Sometimes we need a little bit of help or a mentor to help us on this journey. So here at The Genius Project, we really exist to serve women in this space, to help women discover their unique gifts, to help them overcome the negative and the limiting mindsets that hold them back, and also to help establish rhythms of renewal and skills and tools to really see you walking into the abundant life that Christ has promised you. So ladies, if you are interested in our Catholic coaching programs for women or the Catholic Women's Masterclass, visit our website at www.geniusproject.co to find out more, or you can send me an email, karen at geniusproject.co, and I will be more than happy to jump on a short Zoom call and just talk you through what we actually do on the ground and how these programs are creating lifelong change in the lives of women. If you've liked what you've heard on the Genius Podcast, can I ask you to do me a small favor? Could you head on over to the podcast platform that you're listening to this episode on and just leave a rating and a review? This really helps to promote the work of the Genius Podcast and I would be so grateful for your support in this area. Until next week, ladies, have a really blessed week. Keep moving that needle forward and I look forward to you joining me again on the Genius Podcast next week. God bless.